And you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have on the line right now? Are you there, caller? I am. This is Janelle from Mongrelzine. And Janelle, who are you? <laughs> Janelle from Mongrel Fanzine. Janelle from Mongrel Fanzine. Mongrel Fanzine, a great fanzine from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Today you're on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show with Propagandi, who will be calling into the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show around 4 o'clock. That's 7 p.m. Eastern for people listening on the internet. But probably the exact opposite of the internet is what Mongrel Zine is. What is Mongrel Zine? The exact opposite of the internet, right, Janelle? It is. It's a print zine, so it's actual paper that you can read outside of the internet because I hate the internet. And could you speak up just a tiny bit more? You didn't yeah. say you hate the internet loud enough. I think we need you to be able to <laughs> say that. louder. A, yeah, if you yeah. could just make that a tiny bit louder. And through Mongrel Fanzine, you've been able to connect with lots and lots of bands, including Indian Wars. And we just played Indian Wars right there. And who are Indian Wars? And they tie on. Oh, yeah. Indian Wars are awesome. They're um, a local band, and they're playing our launch party next Thursday on the 29th at Honey. And um, I think they actually played their very first live show outside of playing house parties, but their first show in a club at our last launch, which was um, part of the Beehive Night. And uh, so this might be like their third or fourth show, maybe, but they're super good. And that was Indian Wars, and we're speaking to Janelle from Mongrel Fanzine, and your event is next Thursday, the 29th. And when I say event, it is an event, because you have Time Cops, Indian Wars, and Student Teacher. And I was also thinking, and there's a lot of thinking involved with Mongrel Fanzine, is since starting your fanzine here in Vancouver... Have there been other garage zines popping up? I think there have been. There's been new bands popping. Like you mentioned, Indian Wars played your last release. Mm -hmm. It seems like you've helped flourish a scene. And the scene has helped flourish you. And you've helped flourish in the scene. I don't know. Are we helping flourish? I hope so. We just like ready to vote bands that we like. So I guess that's helping out somewhat. Have you Um, noticed any other garage zines in Vancouver popping up or in the Northwest? um, Well, there's this other zine. I think they're called Still Alive. But I don't think they've actually properly printed it. But they want to print it as a print zine. Right now it's just a blog. Um, so I don't know if they're going to actually do that as a, as a paper zine yet. Um, but other Vancouver zines, none, none that I know of. But you've helped some of the bands get record deals, haven't you, by reviewing them and then the record labels actually read the reviews and give them deals. Didn't that happen with Indian Wars? Oh, did it? I don't think so. Because <laughs> we um, we're interviewing Indian Wars in this issue that's coming up. So it hasn't even been released yet. So I don't think that had anything to do with us. Perhaps the fact that they played um, our show helped people get to know them. But I think that was really just a MySpace thing, speaking of the evils of the Internet. But I guess it's good in that sense. Mongrel Fanzine release next Thursday, the 29th, in Vancouver, Mm. British Columbia, Canada, at Honey. And where can people actually get the actual fanzine? Oh, um, at record stores, you know, like Red Cat, Dandelion, Neptune, Scratch, uh, Zulu. Um, You can also buy it from our website, which is mongrelzine.ca. That's kind of where most of our zines um, are. People are buying them online um, because they're out of town. Most of the people that buy the zine are from Europe. It seems like a lot of kids in Greece and Italy seem to like zines, even though it doesn't seem like they can speak English very well. <laughs> I think they just like the CD comp. You also like getting out to parties and events. You guys were at the Word Under the Street in Vancouver, oh, yeah. British Columbia, Canada. 
that was the first time we did that. Um, I didn't know what to expect, and it went really well, actually. So um, we had a bunch of people that actually were like, oh, I've heard of you guys. So that was really cool. And then I guess other events we did. We went to Montreal, and we did this Wooly Weekend Festival, which we're going to have a big write-up in the new issue about uh, kind of a review of what that was like, which was really cool. It had some really good bands like... Um, you know, all those old garage bands like the Alarm Clocks and Question Mark and the Mysterians played, which was just so funny. I heard that the Alarm Clocks brought down the house and they were one of the most amazing bands of the weekend. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think some people thought that. I think, um, I thought the Gruesomes kind of did it for me. It was the first time I'd seen the Gruesomes because in the 80s I was being breastfed, so I didn't get a chance to see them. So seeing them for the first time was like a really amazing. I thought that was great. Well, second to the Gruesomes was the Alarm Clocks doing right, 60s sure. punk, 21st century style. And you also were out there at quite a few parties, Janelle, from Mongrel Fanzine. How was the Vice party that happened in Vancouver? Oh, God. Nardwa, you should have been there. It was really funny. Um, so I guess the free beer wasn't probably the best idea because everybody was pretty loaded. And by the time Demon Claws came to the stage, there was... It was just a fiasco, really. They sort of cleared the stage, but in a really good way. It was kind of one of the best shows I've seen. I'm glad I've seen them for real, um, but to see them kind of do like a, a really slow motion version of Fucked on Ketamine was pretty good to see, too. So it was a full house, and then Demon's Claws cleared the house? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then Yassel even just got off the stage and was like, oh, fuck it, and went outside to go chat with people. So, But uh, they soldiered on. They kept, they kept going. And were you selling zines at that? No, no, we weren't. That was a vice thing. I thought you're always carrying around the zines with you. I am, but nobody seems to be asking anymore. Maybe they're just waiting for the new issue. Well, hopefully they will ask now, and Mm -hmm. hopefully they'll ask about the new issue, and I will ask about the new issue. I will actually mention again, we're speaking here to Janelle from Mongrel Fanzine. Hello, Bob Scott, if you're out there. Hello, Bob Scott. Hi, Bob. Who's working today, right? Just like you're working today on an Artwarty Human (laughs) Surfiette radio show. I'm hiding in the the supply closet, so hopefully no one needs a toner in the next couple of minutes. Mongrel Fanzine. In the brand new issue, I was just looking through it, and thanks for giving me a sneak peek. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, I see something there. Haunted George, a guy yeah. called Haunted George. What can you tell people about Haunted George? He had some interesting things to say about Halloween sound effects records. Yeah, and well, he does, um, he's also like, he has his whole one-man band thing, and he was in, you know, I was like a... Uh, I guess I wouldn't call them punk. Anyways, he's in, like, Necessary Evils and stuff. So, But he does this podcast on the Garage Punk Network, which is kind of how I figured out about him. And he plays clips from old B-movies and horror movies and sound effects and things like that. And it's really, really good. So I asked him if he would do an interview, and he said yes. And so we sort of broached him with questions about, you know, theremins and soundtracks and horror movies and what it's like living out in the desert and how you cook a good rattlesnake. It was really interesting, too, as I was mentioning, him talking about Halloween sound effects records, like the history of mm-hmm. Halloween sound effects records, information you can only get in a brand new issue <laughs> of Mongrel Fanzine. Plus, you had King Louie. King, King Louie. Louis. King Louie is in there, and he's talking about buying beer for Fats Domino. That is quite a story. Because mm-hmm, he was actually, he played in a band with Fats' son in New Orleans, so I think that's how he met him. And... King Louis is so funny. He tells the best stories. And, you know, like, he's played with everybody, and he's kind of been around forever. And I guess him and Bob are just sort of emailing each other a bit, and that's how that interview came about. And uh, he tells some really good stories, like, really funny stuff about... Rappers. About like, rappers. About rappers. And, like and strippers. And <laughs> not only about Fats Domino. And King mm-hmm. Louis, for the people that don't know, is a musician. He's been in several bands. Like, he was mm-hmm. in the Royal Pendletons, and I think he lives in Portland, Oregon now, right? Um, no, he still lives in New Orleans. 
Oh, he lives yeah. in New Orleans. Yes, he's um, like a plumber, so he has some good stories about, I don't know, clearing up waste. <laughs> uh, so not only is he in a band with Fats Domino's son, what was the band called? Oh, I forget. He also told some sort of story about Little Wayne's wardrobe person, dating Little Wayne's wardrobe person, and then drinking rapper Manny Fresh's Manny Juice, which basically was liquid crack. Yes, read about liquid crack in the new issue of Mongrel Fanzine. But it doesn't stop there. There's more drugs happening in Mongrel Fanzine. The box elders, who are they and why do they talk about stealing weed? Oh, well, cause, so they were here, um, they played a show with the Beelines, and we were sort of asking around people, like, well, what do you remember about that Fox Elders show? And basically, the only thing anybody remembered was, like, it was a great show, they sold all their merch, and then they went back to some guy's house in some house party, and they smoked all his weed. And so then I asked Fox Elders, I'm like, what do you remember about being in Vancouver? And they're like, I just remember there being lots of weed. <laughs> so Where are they from? Oh, shit, I forget. Um, Midwest somewhere. Buy Mongrel Fanzine and find out where they're from. <laughs> Plus, there's an interview with local Vancouver band The Hard Feelings, yeah, who, have a, a who have a movie, a brand new movie out. Have you seen the movie? Yeah, I saw it. They screened it at Blim, I think, a couple of weeks ago, which was pretty well attended. There's like maybe 40, 50 people. And you know, Blim's a pretty small place, just a small little spot and so they screened that there and it was really good it was pretty funny they um they went on like a really short sort of tour i think to saskatchewan and back and uh they went camping and just sort of like a comedy of errors where they wake up one morning edmonton and uh, <laughs> i was like where's the rest of the band i have no idea what happened last night and so he spent like four hours like squeegeeing windows trying to wait for his bandmates to come back so they can go to a calgary show it's really great. All these seven inches coming out of Vancouver. Now movies coming out of Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Band movies coming out of Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Fanzines coming out of Vancouver, <laughs> British Columbia, Canada. We're speaking to Janelle from Mongrel Fanzine from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, who are having their release next Thursday, the 29th, mm-hmm. at Honey. What's Honey like for a gig? I've never actually been to a gig at Honey. Oh, it's a really good space. Um, it's kind of got like lots of... like. Um old sort of like deco sort of atmosphere and it's really good like bands there's no proper stage the bands are kind of on the floor but um you can get up nice and close and it's really good i like it a lot like some good lounges and stuff like that to sit on you know you're not up for dancing mongrel how do you know i'm not up for dancing well maybe you are <laughs> a mongrel to honey i would know these things uh, mongrel <laughs> fanzine is very very thick very very thick how many pages this time um, it's about the same size as the last issue, which was, um, uh, well, you know what? Honestly, I'm not finished it yet. <laughs> so um, I know that these coming out on Thursday, but I haven't actually printed it, and it's still sort of in production, so to speak. So I think it's going to be like 86 pages maybe, but we'll see. Amazing, 86 pages. And this time you even have Stacy from the Pillow Fight League in Toronto involved with Mongrel Fanzine. Yeah, yeah this is really cool. So he interviewed Billy Van. Billy Van is a Canadian, um, I guess, comedian actor. He's sadly deceased. He died, I think, in 2003. So he was um, on the show called The Hilarious House of Frankenstein um, with Vincent Price. And they did three seasons worth of shows. They kind of, I think they filmed them all at once. Um, just, you know, quickly in like a couple of weeks and then it was spread out over three seasons and it aired in the 70s. So Bob, my um, mongrelzine co-worker, I guess. Um, so he, you know, grew up in the 70s, so he watched it. But it also airs every night at 3 a.m. So that's how I got to see about Hilarious House of Frankenstein, which is probably the funniest show you'll ever watch. And uh, so 
Okay, Billy Vance on that show, and so Stacey Case had interviewed him before he passed away, and it printed in um, a zine in, like, 94. Anyway, so we're reprinting it, because it's a really good interview, sort of like how we reprinted the Lux Interior um, interview that aired in, that was in Gravy Zine in the 90s. We reprinted that, I think, in Mongolian 5. So it's cool you got Stacy involved. And speaking of Toronto, mm-hmm. you also have something from Corpus, the oh, legend yeah. that is Corpus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Corpus, yeah. He, um, he had an art show in Montreal recently, and he's doing a... I don't know if he did it yet. He's had a sort of a Halloween concert that he was doing out there, too. So um, Bob and uh, Fingers, our man in Montreal, sort of talked to him a bit. But um, not very long, mostly just going to be like sort of the history of Corpus. But you get to see some pictures of him when he was, like, eight, so that's pretty good. And this is all the stuff that's in the brand-new issue of Mongrel Fanzine coming out next week and available also at mongrelfanzine.ca. What's it on the web? Uh, It's MySpace, too, right? Oh, God, yeah. Um, So it's just mongrelzine.ca, but we have uh, MySpace and... uh Facebook, and I signed us up for Twitter two weeks ago, and I hate it, but you never know. I might not delete it. Gary Pig Gold and Dave from What Wave Fanzine also mm-hmm. make appearances mm-hmm. in Mongrel Fanzine. You're like collecting all the greatest <laughs> fanzine writers from Canada and throwing them into Mongrel. Yeah, um, Dave, what did he do this time? You know, the Hip Stripes. No, the Hipsters. Oh, Hipsters, okay. Yeah, so we saw them at Willie Weekend. See, that's the great thing about mm-hmm. reading fanzines is you never really know how to pronounce stuff. <laughs> you have to wait for somebody to actually say it. So that's what's great about reading. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the Hipsters, yeah, they're actually... I was sort of making some aging Hipsters jokes when I saw them because I was like, ah, oh, you know, what are these guys going to be out like? Because I didn't know what they were all about. And then they took the stage and they just, like, blew me away. They were so good. And it was all covers of, like, 60s songs and stuff like that. But, like, they were really good... Like, just, like, they had the most energy, probably, of that Wooly Weekend as anybody, even better than the alarm clocks. Like, the hipster guys were just, like, they, the entire, like, theater was just, like, holy shit, these guys are really good. So, um, Dave interviews them, which is really awesome. You also have, as I mentioned, Gary Pig Gold involved. Mm-hmm. Gary Pig Gold, the pig paper. <laughs> yeah, he's been, uh, he contacted me. Oh, no, wait, maybe I emailed him. Anyways, we'd been emailing each other, and so then it got to a point where he was like, yeah, I want to write something for you guys. So I was like, of course, yeah, awesome, right? Because, I mean, God, he's been around forever, right? So um, he wrote something for, I think, our issue number five first, and so now he's sort of like our regular. All this stuff inside Mongrel Fanzine. A few more things. This is just a few of the things, because you're not even finished it. You're not even finished it. No, I'm not done yet. I know. I have, like, to have this weekend to do it, and then hopefully. But, um, yeah, Haunted George, Billy Van, Hard Feelings, Any Wars. Oh, and Mark Ledenbach. Sort of not sort of the regular thing you'd expect from us, because he's not a musician, he's not an artist, but he's a vintage Halloween collector. So we interviewed him, which was just gave us a good excuse to put lots of really cool uh, Halloween clip art in the zine. Plus, you have a little bit on the TVs from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And I found that interview interesting because I found out that they had roots in local band Lost Disastros that feature Bubba. The drummer Bubba Mm -hmm. was in Lost Disastros. And also in Lost Disastros was Shane from the Awkward Stage. And I just love Shane because he played on the John McEnroe TV show Mm -hmm. with... Carl Newman's band so I thought that was kind of cool and they jammed on a Sonics number so and Al Sharpton was in the audience so anything to do with <laughs> Shane is just amazing so it was really cool to have a bit of detective work in there in your cool mongrel fancy and some TVs in there mm-hmm. and they have a song on the comp as well which comes with the zine 
And you also have something here, and we're going to play them. The Inservable. How do you pronounce them? Inservibles. They're from Mexico City. They're like this crazy punk band that um, they're really good. The interview we talk about, um, you know, tacos. <laughs> yes, I want to read a few excerpts from that, Janelle. We're okay, speaking it's to a Janelle. really good interview. Yes, we're speaking to Janelle from Mongrel Fanzines and Mongrel Fanzines. Actually, I should say Mongrel Fanzines because there's been how many Mongrels has there been? Is this number seven? Or what this number is this? This is number seven. Yeah, we've been doing it for well. This is the end of our second year, so. We're, we're kind of pumping them out pretty quickly. Yeah, pretty amazing. So here we have some Mexican food tips from <laughs> Mongrel Fanzine via Inservables. <laughs> best, the best, this is some excerpts from the interviews mm-hmm. and interviews. Uh, the best taco places are Chupacabra's tacos that have been out there for a long time. They are supposedly made with 127 spices, but that's not true, I think. They are located under a bridge and have failed lots of health tests, but people continue eating there. The people that work there are really rude and mistreat you, but people don't care and eat there, never minding the service. Near my house is a horrible tortoise stand called Las Mur Tortoise Death Sandwiches. For about $2, you get a 15-inch torta. They are made with leftovers. I'm not a weak stomach guy. I've eaten spoiled pancita cow stomach, and those tortas make me sick. There are even Facebook groups about I also got sick at Muir Tortas. We have this Saud Eros tacos called Los Chiros. They are a shitty mechanics workshop. <laughs> a shitty mechanics workshop with grease during the day. Not that type of grease. And in the night, they mutate into a taco stand. There aren't any hygienic procedures. They are fucking delicious. We suspect (laughs) motor oil is involved. There are also these really famous tacos called Cocinda Tacos, Dirt Tacos, which are just the stuff that sticks to the frying pan all during the day. And they give it to you with pork skin and salsa. They are expensive, though. So that is an excerpt from <laughs> Mongrel Fanzine, an interview with your new favorite band. Intervive. And we're going to cut to a track by them. They're a punk band, right? Mm-hmm, yep. We're going to cut to a track by them coming up right now. So anything else you want to add to the people out there? You know, I read some of that back, but people should probably buy it so they can actually read the full interview because there's so much good little stuff. Like you never expect a Mexican punk interview to have so much good information about food in there. This really is the food issue of Mongrel Fanzine. Mm-hmm. We put a big picture of a taco. Oh, no, maybe I took that out. But we have pictures of tacos too. That 15-inch taco he's talking about, he wasn't joking because we have a photo so we can show you guys. And I just remembered that box sellers are from Omaha. Nebraska. And uh, the Mongolia launch is Thursday, October 29th with Time Cops, Indian Wars student teacher at Honey. At Honey. Well, thanks so much for phoning in, Janelle. Anything else you want to add to the people out there right now? No. Oh, um, no, I think that's it. And uh, <laughs> of the songs you sent me, we're going to play the Inservables next. <laughs> We also might kick into Peanuts by Last Rapes of Mr. Teach. What is that? They're a band from France, and they have a split seven-inch out with um, Movie Star Junkies, which are a band from Italy, on Shit and Can Records, and they're really good. And you know what's funny is um, I, I, I think they're really awesome, and so I was looking up some information about them, and I found at least... 
three different websites that said, oh, they're just like the Black Lips, which is like my biggest pet peeve is when anybody says a garage band sounds just like the Black Lips because they're the same genre. But they are very good, and they are a good garage band from France, and so we should play that song called Peanuts. And that probably will be right after the Inserviceables track. <laughs> Thank you so much for phoning into the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show, Janelle from Mongrel Fanzine, next Thursday night at Honey. And mm-hmm. also check out Mongrel Zine. So many pages of great tasting excellence. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And do 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 listening still to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have on the line right now? Hello, are you there, caller? Yes, it is I, Chris Hanna, playing Tuesday at the Rickshaw in Vancouver. And who are you? I am a member of Propagandy playing Tuesday at the Rickshaw in Vancouver. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada's Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, Chris. Thank you, Nardwar. I'm so stoked that you're playing Guild Parade. I think you're the only other person in Canada who actually uh, knows about them. 
Yes, what can you tell the people about Guilt Parade? I just played some Guilt Parade. I was about to play, or I kind of played, a bit of a Mexican band, Les Inservables, but it kind of exploded when you phoned in. Does that often happen, like when you phone in somewhere, that weird stuff happen, uh, happens? I once interviewed a guy who told me he was into, like, the moon landing being faked and stuff. Rest in peace. His name is Bill Casing. And anytime he would do an interview, you know, that mentioned moon landings being faked or alternative theories and thoughts, weird stuff would happen. Like, he was doing an interview once on a radio station, and they napalmed the transmitter, the radio station that he was doing an interview with. So weird stuff started to happen when you phoned in. Does weird stuff happen when you phone in to do interviews at all, Chris? Sometimes they napalm the transmitter, um, especially if we're playing on Tuesday at the rickshaw in Vancouver, but uh, this time it seems okay. And propaganda versus guilt parade. Yeah, what can you tell people about guilt parade right there that we just played? Well, they're probably the most underrated band in uh, obscure Canadian hardcore history. I used to go see them at the Albert when they came through Winnipeg, and I heard that one of their bass players died in a van fire. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Is that when they broke up? Is that how the band broke up? Because they actually... I think they came back with a different bass player after that. I have pictures that I took when I was a kid of them playing, so there's two different bass players. And you were Chris from Propagandy playing in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, this Tuesday at the Rickshaw. And who are you guys playing with, Chris? We're playing with uh, Vancouver's finest Rebel Spell, and I don't know who the hell else. And have you been I... taking the Rebel Spell on the entire tour with you? Yeah, it's only eight days, but yeah. And how's that been going for the Rebel Spell? Are these some of the bigger shows the Rebel Spell has played? Probably not. Uh, we only played in front of a couple hundred people last night, and I think they get lots more people at shows out west. But uh, we're, we're taking them down to Portland and Seattle and playing with MDC, so we're all super stoked on that. Have you ever played with them before? We played with MDC uh, in the early 90s. They came to Winnipeg and stayed at our house for a few days, and that, we were so stoked because they were probably the most influential band on our little lives when we were kids, yeah. And they've been keeping it going, haven't they? Like, they never really stopped, did they? No, no, they just keep changing members and keep going, yeah. Gotta admire that. And Chris from Propagandy, if anybody has any questions for Chris from Propagandy, you can phone CITR here, 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR, or you can also Twitter. I'm using Twitter now, Chris. Anybody wow. can at Nardwar, N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R, at Nardwar, and you can have your question asked to Chris from Propagandy, or you can actually go to the gig and ask Chris questions, because I know, like the best and consolidated, you have a question and answer period, don't you? Yeah, we do. Well, we will on Tuesday at the rickshaw in Vancouver. Because wasn't that one of the greatest things that Consolidated did? Because you had Consolidated on your record label for a while, didn't you? We did for one record, and they, yeah, they didn't bother touring on that record, and we have 5,000 of them sitting in the fucking office still. But I still think they were an amazing band, because oh, yeah. when they played gigs afterwards, didn't they have a question and answer period? I remember they used to have a question and answer period. Like The, the gig would end, and then they'd do a question and answer. Yeah, like a, yeah, like a press conference after a hockey game. Have you done that at all with propaganda? Will that happen at the rickshaw? Are you up to that? If, if we must, we will, but um, I would certainly rather not, ever. Because every time I think of you, Chris, I think of Lady Diana. And every time I think of Lady Diana, I think of Propagandi. Because the last time I interviewed you, Chris, was the day Lady Diana died. Are you sure? Yes. Do you remember that? The day... Where were you when Lady Diana died, Chris, from Propagandi? 
Well, apparently I was at Jen and Andy's house in Vancouver sitting in the backyard with you. Yes. Uh, you, you, I, I, don't, I don't recall Lady Diana dying on that day, but I, I'll take your word for it. Yes, it was 1997, maybe? Was that when she well, died? I was, well, that's one of those weird little things that happens when we do interviews. What do you remember about that gig that night? Because that was at the Sealand Hall in North Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. That was the day that Lady Diana died. Like, I remember hearing that. I did the interview with Propagandi, and then Lady Diana died. <laughs> pretty funny, eh? Well, I think actually a few punk bands took that joke pretty far. Like, didn't they have, like, die, lady, die, die, die? What do you think about that for a song title? You know, like, lady, die, 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 die. Have you ever thought of doing something like that or taking the current event sort of thing? Because quite a few punk bands did jump aboard the lady, die, die, die thing. Well, they obviously beat us to it because we haven't done it yet, but uh, we'll get around to it at some point. What's the closest that you've got to a current event song? Like, that right happened and then you put it right to wax. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if we've done one. I don't know. Current events, eh? I don't know. Like, we so, don't really stay up on things. You know, like, so current that, like, when you put it out, it's probably, like, out of date because there's, like, facts that are wrong. Yeah, well, probably every song we have is like that. Baboom, and you were Chris from Propagandi, coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, to the rickshaw this Tuesday. Tuesday, this Tuesday night with the great Rebel Spell from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Any questions for Chris, 604-822-2487, or Twitter me at Nardwar, N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R, that's 604-U-B-C-C-I-T-R. So that interview that I did with you was at the Submission Hold House, and then you that's played right. the Sealand Hall. What do you remember about, do you remember anything about that Sealand hall gig i remember well like all shows back then it probably sucked uh but i do remember that uh splitting the sky do you remember him some spoken word yeah the aboriginal activist he came up i remember he came out to the show and spoke for about 45 minutes before we played and uh other than that i'm sure the show was absolutely mediocre I think it was actually pretty intense, and I do remember the spoken word. I also remember that when I interviewed you, Chris, from Propagandi all those years back, you had mentioned that I reminded you of Johnny Sizzle, and then I eventually met Johnny Sizzle. Did you? I eventually met Johnny Sizzle because, you know, he moved to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, because you said Johnny Sizzle had once interviewed you. And now, through the miracle of YouTube, if you YouTube Johnny Sizzle and you YouTube Propagandi, or you just say Propagandi interview, the interview you did with Johnny Sizzle is on YouTube. I saw it. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I actually love that. Yeah. I saw Johnny the other day, actually. Is he in Winnipeg? Yeah, he lives back in Winnipeg now, yeah. And what TV show was that that you were interviewed on by Johnny Sizzle? It was the Johnny Sizzle show on, uh, on Cable Access, which is no longer in existence. How many bands were on that show? Because it seemed like it was something that was going for a little while, wasn't it? Uh, well, um, do you remember the band Kittens? Yes. Their previous band to that was called Bat Sweat, and they were on there. And uh, who else was on there? Oh, he had... No, uh... I think Bunch of Fucking Goose was either on his show or they were on uh, Alternative Rock Stand with Dan Pache, but I can't remember which one it was. How long did that Alternative Rock Stand show go? Because that's the show that captured that legendary minor threat show that happened in Winnipeg. Uh, that was on from at least 1985, I'd say, until maybe 1989 or 90. I can't remember. Maybe before that. I didn't move to Winnipeg until 86, so I'm not sure how long it was before that, but it was, it was really a really cool show.
Did they ever rerun that Minor Threat show? Uh, not that I saw, no. Because it's really cool when you see like tape traders trading Minor Threat stuff, and there is a show from Winnipeg with Minor Threat. What are the legends of that show? I guess you probably weren't at it, but were there any legends of that show that you've been able to hunt down after all these years? From the Minor Threat show? No. No one really talked about that one too much. Because that was profiled on that bandstand show. And you are, again, Chris from the rock and roll band Propagandi, coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, this Tuesday to the rickshaw. And in that interview, Chris from Propagandi, you mentioned about local bands in Winnipeg demanding $1,000 to play locally, like a $1,000 guarantee to play locally. What do you think about that all these years later? Is that still quite a bit to ask for a guarantee, a $1,000? If your band stinks, it sure is. <laughs> Boom! But how about the price changes that have gone on? Inflation. What do you think about all the inflation? You know, people saying, like, you know, a five-buck ticket now should be $8 because of inflation. Well, our tickets are probably, I don't, what are they out there, $40 in Vancouver for us? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, everything's too expensive, and you don't get your money's worth, I guarantee it, even at our show. What band were you thinking of that would want a $1,000 guarantee in 1986 or whatever to play locally? In 86? Yeah, what band were you thinking oh, of when you mentioned that? I wonder, I don't know, was it Red Fisher maybe? I don't know. I can't remember. Probably, I was probably bagging on Red Fisher or something. That was John Stewart's band. Exactly, and he's no longer in the propaganda. Well, he was never in propaganda. He was, the, he was a sound technician of propaganda, wasn't he? No, that was uh, oh, Cam. You're thinking, you're thinking John Sutton. Yeah, John Sutton. No, no. Wasn't there also... Who was... There's Cam, too, right? Uh, Cam? Who, who is the sound technician? Who, was, who did a lot of sound for Weaker Thans and propaganda? Was that a guy called oh, Cam? Oh, no. Uh, you're thinking, yeah, the Cam guy who did sound for the Weaker Thans, he never did sound for us, no. Oh, okay. We've got a, a much crazier, weirder old man doing sound for us and what's his name we should give him some props the butcher he, he was the sound guy at the albert during the the heyday the royal albert is it still going then you said during the heyday of the albert is the albert still going and for people who don't know the albert what can you tell them about it like i always think about the albert and i think about the time a beer bottle was thrown at my head but it missed <laughs> yeah that happened well that just happened last week at a show apparently but that's that still happens the albert's still going it's under new management and uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, there's an, a documentary that just got released about the Albert starring mostly Johnny Sizzle. So you should, you should check that out. Oh, amazing. And yeah. was there actually somebody killed at the Albert, unfortunately? Yeah, yeah there was uh, somebody upstairs was killed and dismembered. And I think parts of their body possibly eaten. And uh, they were stored in a bathtub. And somebody found them. Wow, I never heard the eaten part of the Albert yeah, story. I, think that's, I don't know if that's public knowledge. That might be either me just talking nonsense or it might be an insider scoop I've just given you. Now, speaking of eating and stuff, veganism. The last time that you were in Vancouver, well, actually, I think it might have been the first time when you played Crosstown Traffic. Do you remember playing Crosstown Traffic in Vancouver, oh, yeah, yeah. Chris, of Propagandi? I do. I do remember that which is on Hastings Street, which isn't too far away from the Rickshaw Theater. You played at the Crosstown Traffic. It was a tiny little coffee shop sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I remember you saying that afterwards you guys went across the street and got some Scientology testing. 
What? Yes, you got some free Scientology testing across the street. You know they have those like, free Scientology testing. I remember George saying something about that. Oh, I, I don't doubt George did that, yeah. So that was still there. The Scientology place is still near where Crosstown Traffic was. But what's interesting is not far away from Crosstown Traffic is a cool vegan place called Gorilla Food. Have you heard of Gorilla Food? I have not, no. Because Aaron from the Prairies actually runs Gorilla Food. It's totally amazing. And I go in there and I say, can I have a raw hamburger? Can I have a raw milkshake? And he makes it for me in raw pizza. It's amazing. It's so cool. But I just thought how times have changed. Here it was and how they haven't changed. Scientology is still there. But now (laughs) in that very area, there is actually a vegan restaurant. You're making a difference, Chris. You're making a difference. We were ahead of the curve, weren't we? All those years later. I, no, I think that was maybe... What was the first time... You, was that the first time you played Vancouver at Crosstown Traffic, or had you played some house parties or something before that? No, I think, I think Crosstown was the first time we were there, yeah. With, when did it, how long did it take before you started to tour in Propagandi? And where did you tour first? Like, were you first right out of province, or did you just tour around the province? Our, our, first, our first show out of town was actually where we are now, in Regina. That was our very first on-the-road show, yeah. But our, ver- our first tour was through uh, the States, and uh, we went, I think we played like three shows and got paid a bottle of wine or something, and then came home, poor. Who helped set out your Regina show? Like, who helped set it up? Back then? Yeah, who gave you uh, contacts? Like, who is the person with the numbers? You know what I mean? You're Chris, you're in propaganda, you got the band going, you want to go to Regina. How the hell do you do it? Who do you phone? What was your contact? Do you remember? Well, back then, I think it might have been through, Maximum Rock and Roll had a thing called I think they had Book Your Own Fucking Life back then. It was a publication with people's phone numbers from different cities who would be willing to put on a show. And I think we called some guy, some total acid head in uh, in Regina who put on our show, and it was typically awful. And uh, that's where we actually met Todd, our bass player, for the first time. And we have a tweet here from a Mr. Joe. This is from Mr. Joe to you, Chris. And believe it or not, Mr. Joe, the first gig he ever saw was Propagandi. Oh, which one? I'm not sure. He didn't say. The first gig he ever saw in Winnipeg was Propagandi. It was the first gig he saw. And he goes on to say, what is your favorite place to play in Winnipeg now and back in the day? The Albert. The Albert, for sure. And how about nowadays? Still the Albert? Still the Albert, yeah. And he has another question, Mr. Joe does as well, is how do you feel about how everything has changed from then to now, from back in the day, punk, to now, punk? This is from Mr. Joe at Twitter. How, do, you, do you ask how's it changed? Yeah, I guess he's just wondering how it's changed. Because, you know, when he went to that gig, when he saw you, say, like, 10 or 15 years ago, to now, if, a now, if now somebody in Winnipeg was going to see propaganda for the first time, what would be the difference? How do you think it's all changed for the person going to the gig? Well, at our show, or you mean generally, like, the idea of quote-unquote punk? I think he meant the idea of punk. Uh, well, in, subjectively, I think it's gotten much, much worse. And how do you know something has got worse? Uh, well, you enjoy it less. You enjoy it to the point of not enjoying what is called punk almost at all. And you are Chris from Propagandi, and you're live here on CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And we have a caller. Hello, caller. Are you there? I'm here. Hi, Nardwar. Hi. Go Chris ahead. Walter. Go ahead to Chris from... 
Chris Pro- Walter from Vancouver. Oh yes, and go get and Chris, go ahead to Chris from Propagandi. Hey Chris. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? Hey, Good. I wanted to ask you if you remembered back at, at the Wellingtons, like I moved to Vancouver at about ninety one, but I went back and I remember that they converted Wellingtons. They had like they were trying to keep the place alive, so they had this contest where you could drink all the beer you wanted for, I think it was a dollar a glass or something, but the first person who went to the bathroom, then everybody had to start paying. Do you remember anything about that? I don't remember that particular uh, marketing outreach, but I, I remember Wellington's, obviously, but uh, I don't remember that. No. It was crazy because the whole place was full and everybody was drinking tons and tons of beer, but nobody was allowed to go to the bathroom. They had the tape over the doors. They had security guys standing there, basically. What and, was the, what uh, was you know... It was the bizarrest thing, you know, so pretty soon people started looking for, like, dark corners, and, and, you know, I think they did this actually for two or three weeks, and then they realized the whole bar smelled like piss, because people were <laughs> pissing in the phone booth and the, the corner, oh, man, it was the most bizarre thing I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah, well, Winnipeg used to be great for those kind of drink specials until some guy did it out by the university and walked into the river and drowned, and then they brought in a law that you can't do yeah, that Yeah, go figure. I mean, giving away tons of free booze just, you know, always seems to lead to some craziness. Yeah. Chris, your stories are amazing, Chris Walters' stories. And Chris, have you heard, Chris Hanna, have you read Chris's Personality Crisis book at all? I haven't read the Personality Crisis book, but I have read his stuff. And uh, actually, Rebel Spell have an entire table of almost every one of his books here on the show. Yeah, yeah, those guys, uh, I, you know, I owe it to those guys for taking my books on the road. I'm currently yeah. working on a Daigle abortions biography, and I'm, you know, uh, and I was just dealing with the part where uh, Jello Biafra, you know, he did a, he actually funded a, he held a benefit for the, for Fringe product to uh, defend right. themselves in court against these obscenity charges, even though, he didn't like the Daigle abortions. He thought that they were just, you know, they were too crude or crass or something. And, right. and uh, you know, Cretton came up to him and he, he offered to shake his hand. You know, he tried to shake his hand for, you know, for doing this huge thing for them. And, and Jello just kind of looked at him coldly and kept his hands in his pocket. Huh. But, you know, at least he lived, he had his, you know, he had his principles, right? He stuck up for his principles. He didn't, he didn't necessarily like what the Daigle abortions stood for. But he didn't like he liked censorship even less. Yeah, for sure. I wonder if Fringe Records even used the money to defend them, or if they actually just took the money. Here's the kicker: they took the 60k from the Daigle Abortions royalties, and they also took all the money from these other civil liberties groups. Uh, Spud thinks that uh, they probably got maybe 180 thousand altogether. You know, and but they they took the sixty thousand from the Daigle's royalties anyways, as if no one had contributed anything. <laughs> and since the, the Daigle abortions couldn't prove, you know, how much had been donated by these various groups, they're powerless to do anything about it. They had to get their own lawyers, basically. Amazing little tidbits uncovered by Chris Walter, author Chris Walter. Chris, I love your book, Personality Crisis, and I love all the other books, and I'm looking forward to the Dayglos book. This is going to be good. This is going to be amazing. And we're also live here with Chris from Propaganda, who are playing in Vancouver on Tuesday night at the rickshaw with the Rebel Spell, where most likely you'll be able to get some Chris Walter books as well. And if anybody has any questions for either Chris's, it's 604-822-247, 604-UBC-CITR. But before I let you go there, Chris Walter, I was wondering, I was asking Chris, because I always ask this story over and over again, the minor threat Winnipeg story. The minor threat Winnipeg story. Were you at that uh, show, Chris? I wasn't. I wasn't in Winnipeg till 86. Oh, right. 
What was the question then, Ardwar? Well, just a little tidbit from that story. Did the tape survive from that show? You know, on the TV show that taped it, did the tape survive? What about that particular show? Because you were at that show, weren't you? Right, Alternative Rock Stand. You know, I think I've actually seen parts of that show. I've but seen it too. I've seen it too. I've on like parts of that clip, exactly. And for you know, this, you know how audio tape, you know, sounds always a videotape. It all sounds really, really bad. I don't think the actual sound quality that night was any better or better than. Uh, the videotape sound. I mean, there's, I don't think the PA even worked. What's interesting is that, believe it or not, Chris, is that Propagandi are doing a show. They're backing up Sacrifice. That's funny. I was just talking about Sacrifice tonight because I was interviewing a Jimbo Jack from the Daigle Abortions, and the first time he saw the Daigle Abortions, they were playing with Sacrifice. And now Propagandi, you're going to be playing, Chris, with Sacrifice. With Sacrifice! That's a weird coincidence. How come that band popped up twice separately today? And you even have a song about them. Remember I was talking about current events and stuff, Chris? Yeah. Uh, current events, Bangers Embrace. You have this song on your brand new CD, Bangers Embrace. You write about going to a Sacrifice gig and then you end up backing up Sacrifice. I guess that was the current event song you were asking about earlier. I knew there was some connection. <laughs> yeah. Well, Thanks so much, Chris Walter, for phoning in. Um, any other questions at all for Chris from Propagandi at all? Any other questions at all, Chris? <laughs> well, maybe I should go then, eh, Nardwar? Well, thank you very much. And keep on rocking in the free world and look out for your books all around town as all right, well, thanks, right? And doot doot a loot do. Doot doot. And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Nardwar Human Cigarette Radio Show. If you have any questions for Chris from Propagandi, it's 604 822 247, 604 UBC CITR, or tweet me, Nardwar, at, at Nardwar, N A R D W U A R. Is the world's biggest Coke can still in Portage La Prairie, Chris? It, um, apparently, it is being torn down. Whoa! Apparently, as we speak, yeah, it's been, it might even be painted over now. Now, did that have anything to do with propaganda? You mentioning it at video CD-ROMs. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was just, maybe we, we, we shamed the city and they, I don't know. Did it I'm just, not sure what happened. Why is it coming down? Was it just getting weathered and rusty or, or repainted? Yeah, I think it was actually the town's water supply, and uh, maybe, yeah, it rusted out or something. They're tearing it down for sure. And it definitely was the world's biggest Coke can. That's what they really bragged about. I couldn't believe it when I saw that. (laughs) Neither could we. Chris, you do a lot of touring. Are you into Morrissey at all? Are you into Morrissey? Um, I like his attitude. I'm not sure about his music. Because his attitude involves the seal hunt which really isn't too pleasant. However, he refuses to play Canada because of the seal hunt. What do you think about that? Bands refusing to play Canada because of the seal hunt. Well, I, I think it's... I don't mind that, but if you're going to not play a country because of how that country treats animals industrially, you probably won't be playing anywhere on Earth. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but still, I, he's made, I, I get his point. The most hated man in Canada was you for a while, named by magazine The Beaver. And now you have The Beaver in your band. How did that happen? Well, he was in the band before that. He was in the band prior to that magazine doing that unscientific poll. Was he called The Beaver then? Yeah, he's been called The Beaver probably since he was 10. 
I thought that was very interesting, though. The beaver hates you, and then the beaver joins the band. It's like, be careful who you hate. What lyrics do you think get people mad, Chris, from propaganda? Like, how do you get hated? I just open my mouth and people hate me. Hi, it's not, you know, they just hate me right off the bat. So I don't have any trouble. But for other people, if, like, you know, somebody's listening in a band out there, and they hear, they're like, well, I was listening to the Nardwater Human Survey Radio Show, Chris from Propaganda was on. They're curious, like, how do you get people to hate you from a lyric? Like, for bands starting out, what is a good keyword to use to get people to hate you, and then you can be number one on somebody's hate list? I'm not sure about a, a, a keyword, but I, I think the advice I would give would be to attack the general public's core values, and uh, you will be hated, I guarantee it. What particular core values do you think got the Beaver magazine mad? Oh, they, well, they weren't actually mad. I actually, I actually campaigned for that uh, to be the worst Canadian. How many people did you have to hire to hit, like, refresh on their browsers? Was it quite a bit? Is that, like, where a lot of royalties went into, just hiring kids to hit refresh to vote you? I, I didn't have to pay anybody. It was, I guess it was sort of a sweatshop sort of labor, but uh, we just mobilized the, the Internet database, and uh, I, I'm not sure how many thousands of people clicked on it, but they, I clicked on it a whole bunch of times myself, so... Chris, the brand new song, well, from the brand new CD, you have Dear Coach's Corner. And what I was thinking about, Joe, who tweeted in earlier, thank you, Mr. Joe, he mentioned the first show he saw was Propagandi in Winnipeg. Like, that's incredible. The first show he ever went to, like the first gig ever, was Propagandi. That's the first show that he actually went to. I interviewed Felix Potvan, and he liked the Day Glow Abortions and the UK subs. He loved them. And I think he even jumped up on stage with either the Dayglows or the UK subs. Now, there must be some hockey players that grew up listening to Propagandi. Have you encountered any at all? We have not. None. You've never been used to, like, pump up the troops in the locker room or anything like that? Not, not by any pro hockey players, to our knowledge, no. Just you'd... on George Beer League team. Because you do love the hockey, don't you, Chris? You do love the hockey. I love some of the hockey. I'm not a big fan of the Western Conference, I must admit. And I try to watch those games with the Canucks and stuff, and it's very boring to me. Well, how about the good old Solani getting flipped by Michael Pekka? Do you remember that? When Michael Pekka from the Canucks flipped Solani? I, the Slewfoot? I don't, I don't think I remember that. It was a nice little flip there. Or John Paddock! John Paddock! Sean Cronin! Laurie Boschman! Born again! He's, uh, he is born again. So is, what is Paul Henderson's also born again? It seems to be an epidemic in former NHL players. Do you have any favorite Moose players at all, Chris, from Propagandi? Like any past or present fave Moose players? Do you have any, like, you know, Mike Keane is there now. Nolan Baumgartner. Mario Bleznak. Mike Keane's been there for a number of years now. And uh, I don't know if he's still there this year, but Maxime Lapierre. Lapierre no, no. What was his name? Maxime... I can't remember his name. It was this guy? I, I think know. that's Kevin Bieksa. Kevin Bieksa was all right too when he was on the Moose, but uh, I don't really watch Moose games to be honest with you. I just think there's some interesting players like Corey Schneider, Harold Druken, and then even Jason King and Krog were there. Krog, Krog. It's almost like a radio station. K R O G, Krog. <laughs> Did you ever get a chance to get to Neil Young's house? Because Bob Dylan apparently was passing through Winnipeg, and he actually visited Neil Young's house. Have you visited Neil Young's house just for fun at all, Chris from Propagandi? I have not. I do not know where it is. Do you, do you know where it is? I 
don't know exactly. I think if you just Google it, it says like Neil Young's house, it comes up like where it was visited. It was a big spread in one of the Winnipeg papers. I think you can actually find it where, like, you know, where he lived. He no longer lives there, but I guess his childhood house there. I think he went to Kelvin High School. What was Kelvin High School like? Uh, a lot of goofs came from Kelvin High School. That's in River Heights. It's a goof school. Chris of Propaganda, you were also named a real hot vegan guy. Somebody named you a hot vegan guy. And it made me think, vegan. Well, Pamela Anderson, she's into peta. You're into peta. Pamela Anderson loves metal. You love metal. Has there been any bangers embraced between you and Pamela Anderson at all? Uh, not as of yet, but uh, you never know. Keep my fingers crossed, I guess. How about at those PETA meetings? Because you've done some stuff with PETA, haven't you? I've never been to a meeting, but uh, if they ever invite me and Pamela Anderson's there, I'll, uh, I will give you an update. I'd really love to know, and people can actually see Chris's different plays, uh, different playing, and new playing. Uh, is there a difference of the playing that you've played with since the last time perhaps I would have seen you at Sealin Hall at all, Chris? What would be the differences between Sealin Hall and this gig coming up at the rickshaw on Tuesday night, Chris of Propagandi? I'm, well, I'm hoping that it will sound better. I'm hoping we're a better band. There'll be a, another short guy on stage with a guitar helping us make it sound better than it did back then. Yeah. And I think it's genius that you have the beaver in the band because he's from an instrumental band and to right. have him help bring instrumental music. Is there, or is the beaver singing as well in Propagandi too? Uh, he does a little bit of backup singing but uh, no, he's mostly there for the, the atmosphere and depth that he brings to our otherwise atmosphereless band. Well, I think it's great bringing that like instrumental. It's genius to get a guy from like an instrumental band to go kick yeah. into your band, Propagandi Plank, this Tuesday night at the Rickshaw in Vancouver. And winding up here with Chris from Propagandi. If anybody has any last questions for Chris from Propagandi, it's 604-822-2487, 604-UBCCITR. We really are live, and Chris really is in Regina right now. Playing tonight? Are you playing tonight in Regina? We are playing tonight, yeah. Thank you for taking the time. And we have a caller. Caller, are you there? Hello. I'm here. Hi, Nard. Hi. Go ahead to go ahead to Chris from Propagandi. Yeah, I was just wondering what's like the most bizarre thing that's happened to you while you were playing a show. Uh, um, that is a question I unfortunately do not have an interesting answer to. Nothing. Nothing ever happens. Nothing uh, bizarre ever happens. No, we. Um, I mean, in Denver once. Uh, Right before we played, uh, the police descended on the venue and the helicopters and 18 cop cars and beat up all the kids, and then we, we left. That was about the most traumatic thing that ever happened to us. Yeah. I guess when you do stuff on your first tour that happens, and it's so intense, it's pretty hard for crazy stuff to happen. Like, the Maxim Rock and Roll, weren't you chased down to San Francisco as well by the Misfits or something crazy like that, right, Chris? I, I haven't heard that, but... Um, it sounds good. Let's just keep it, it at that. Good. Yeah. Any other questions at all, caller? Are you going to go check out Propagandi this Tuesday at the rickshaw? I I think I'm going to have to. I haven't seen them yet, and I've, you know, I've I've liked them for a long time. I still remember driving around in my mom's car. I put on a tape of How to Clean Everything, and she said, uh, "Man, why do these guys? Why are they so angry?" And that <laughs> that stuck with me. That was pretty awesome. What was your answer? What did you say? <sighs> I don't know that I could give her an answer. I <laughs> just told her to shake her head or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, thank, well, thanks so much for phoning in, caller, and do 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 do. 
Do, do. And you're still listening to CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Nardwater Human Survey Radio Show. We're live here with Chris from Propagandi, 604-822-247, 604-UBC-CITR, or tweet at Nardwar, at Nardwar, N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R. And actually, Mr. Joe tweeted back, Chris, to say thanks for answering the question. Mr. No jo- problem, Joe. So, Mr. Joe sent back. And, Joe, if you get a chance, tweet back again and tell me what venue it was, if you could, please. That would be really good. What venue we saw propaganda back for your very first gig. And just winding up here, I guess I was wondering, speaking of going back in time, the guess who? Garnet Amplifiers. Gar Gillies. Did you ever yeah. meet Gar from Garnet Amplifiers? Yeah, we were just talking about him last night. We used to take, uh, we used to take our amps over to Gar's uh, little warehouse there in St. Matthew's and he would do all of our tube amp repairs. He's a really nice guy. I was trying to think of how to explain garnet amplifiers to somebody who doesn't know about garnet amplifiers. How would you explain it to other people? A Canadian company, unique designs. How many were made? Were they all custom? Didn't they have some like unique units, like special guess who versions? Uh, they may have. I once owned the, the garnet sound fountain bass amp, which um, I assume would have worked better in a different kind of band. And our Guitar player once owned the Garnet Guillotine, which he, had, which Gar, which Gar himself said was, uh, it was the best preamp he ever made in his life, and it sounded terrible. But he made lots of amazing stuff. Other than that, I think in his later years, when he made this Guillotine thing, maybe he was, uh, maybe he was losing it a bit. But uh, he was great. Are there still available? Are they still available at all new, or is it kind of over? Well, I think it's over unless someone's bought up the brand name and is going to cheapen his his heritage. When you look back at the different stuff that Propagandi has done, I was also checking, after I watched that YouTube interview with Johnny Sizzle, which was amazing, Johnny Sizzle, who worked at the Cobalt in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada for the longest time, interviewing you, Propagandi, it's just really come full circle, thank you, you know, the day that Lady Diana died, I interviewed you, Chris, and now here we are all these years later, I'm talking to you, and you were talking about Johnny Sizzle, and now on YouTube, I can watch the interview that you were referencing, so if back then we had, like, internet, I could have on like an iPhone looked at the very interview that you were talking about but we come all the way back to that kind of that era and I would just on YouTube I hit like most viewed and right underneath the Johnny Sizzle because of course many people have checked out the Johnny Sizzle interview was Ska Sucks that's one of the most viewed things of you guys on YouTube what do you think about that that's like more hits than anything it's it's amazing it's uh yeah it's, it's a life's justification isn't it Will that possibly be included in the set on Tuesday night at the rickshaw? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put money on it. Um, no, I wouldn't put money on that at all. I wouldn't put a penny on that. Do you know when the last time you might have played it might have been? Would it have been in Kansas City in 1996? No, it would have been unfortunately much more recently than that. And we're probably in Germany in the past two years trying to placate a hostile audience. I don't know. And did you get an audience member to sing it? Probably. I, I sure hope so. It would save me the embarrassment. Yeah, how do you calm down, lastly, Chris from Propagandia, thanks so much for your time, how do you calm down a wild audience or an audience demanding something that perhaps you don't want to deliver? You know, another hint for a band out there. Uh, deliver it. You just deliver it. There's no deliver way around it. they want. No, there's no way around it. You just deliver the goods. 
Well, thanks so much again for phoning into the Nerdware to Human Serviette radio show, Chris. I really appreciate that. People should check out Propagandi this Tuesday at the rickshaw. And we're going to end the Nerdware to Human Serviette radio show with one of your favorite tunes, The Bangers Embrace. And what can you say to people about The Bangers Embrace and your upcoming gig with Sacrifice? Well, I would say everybody should check out the new Sacrifice record, The Ones We Condemn. It just goes to show you the older people get. They stick with music, and they still make more relevant and compelling music than all these fucking 20-year-olds running around in makeup. And you're going to be playing with Sacrifice. When is that? Has that already happened? No, that's coming up, isn't it? November 7th, as soon as we get home. Yeah. And are they just flying into Winnipeg? Like, is it just like they're doing their reunion gig in Winnipeg? Yeah, yeah. They, they came here uh, a year and a half ago and played, a, played another gig at the zoo, and this time they're playing the Garrick. Winnipeg is just a place that loves Sacrifice. Always has. I used to go see them uh, with Razor at the Rendezvous back in uh, the late 80s, early 90s, and Winnipeg loved them. Did you ever see Anvil at all? Uh, nope, never saw Anvil. What did you think of Anvil? I liked, uh, to be honest, I liked the first three records when I was a kid, and then I, I kind of I lost track of them, as did most people, and I really enjoyed the movie, but uh, I tried the new record, and some of it's okay, yeah. And lastly, we have one more caller. Hello, caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Nardwar. Go ahead to Chris from Propagandi. Chris, I just wanted to say great work. I really like hey, your stuff. Thanks. I've been listening to it for years. And I'm sorry I'm going to miss you at the rickshaw, but fuck, rock out. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Well, thanks so much, caller. Uh, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, caller? And why should people care about propaganda, caller? Not Chris. Why should people care about propaganda, caller? Why should they care about propaganda? Because it's amazingly relevant music. They speak to, well, to my mind. To my mind, it's relevant, but then... I think I'm smarter than most people. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, caller, and doot doot a loot do. Doot doot. And thank you very much, Chris, for hanging on on the Nardwar Human Serviette Radio Show. So coming up right here, we have the Bangers in Brace, recorded by Bill Stevenson. That's right. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Uh, Bill Stevenson has an intestinal problem that will astound you. But it's not as bad as Todd, your bass player, right? Um, yeah, it's comparable, yeah. Well, thanks so much, Chris. Keep on rocking in the free world and doot doot a loot do. Doot doot. One by one, we will take you. The day for Max Rod, our pilgrimage began. Top 100 miles of cruise missile to our holy land We're fucking stoked I'm like we've been Since we were pimple pubis teens And he still has sits From every corner of the world Our fellow maniacs arrive To prove the meaning of the dudes And not the lost of time's antiquity But have survived To meet this monumental sign they say you can't relive the past But as the lights went down It all came rushing back Half a life away the night For the first time in a lonely life Young soldier flight They stole the stage of flash and rage We all screamed for the I had a whale show and breathed in my face I didn't care 
still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. The Nardboard, a human serviette radio show. And that there just was Propagandi with the bangers embrace. Right now, we have some tickets to give away. Thank you, Bernard. If you would like to win some tickets to the Love Affair Bowie Glam Hall... Halloween Ball. That's Vancouver's second annual number one glam fashion event. And they're going to be celebrating David Bowie. That's next Thursday, the 29th. Next Thursday, October the 29th. At Celebrities, phone in right now and I can get you two free tickets to go see the Love Affair Bowie Glam Halloween Ball. And it's going to be featuring Eye Brain Eater and a Glam Art Show, Nancy Black Glam Dammit Runway Fashion Show, Lady Stardust, TJ Note Sings, Bowie, and a whole bunch of other great stuff. Free, usually tickets are $12, but free if you phone in right now, 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. Your name will be on the guest list. That's to go see the Love Affair Bowie Glam Halloween Ball. This be the first caller in or any caller in, and we can get some free tickets. That's next Thursday to 29th at Celebrities. Your name will be at the door. Celebrities Nightclub next Thursday. Garnet amplifiers were, of course, used by the Guess Who. Before the Guess Who achieved international stardom, they did the TV circuit. They did three amazing albums. Hey Ho, What You Want to Do to Me? It's time, shaken all over, before they had, you know, all the big hits. And they did lots of TV shows. This right here is some recordings by the Guess Who in the period, just after they finished their first three albums and were kind of were waiting for the hits and had to make a living. And what other way, and what other better way than to make a living than to be on a radio show? So this is the Guess Who from Winnipeg, Manitoba, using Garnet Amplifiers. Kicking it out on the radio. Jim Cale wrote a tune for the boys' third album called It's Time That Really Swings. Burton Cummings steps up to the mic to do the Jim Cale composition, Don't Act So Bad.
said that she was sorry And to give her another chance One more trick like that Little girl puts an end to our romance His brown eyes looked up at me Sure did have a back Fool out of me But what she'll see I'm gonna send her back To that old house where she came from On the other side of town that wasn't so bad now. Well, from the world of folk rock, the Guess Who now do a classic showing their versatility. Uh, versatility? Versa... Yeah. Well, anyway, here's Stewball. Hey 
Well, right now, plans are in the making to put the Guess Who on a European tour. The boys are big favorites in West Germany, what with the many Canadian and United States military camps and all. The boys have included West Germany on their itinerary and plan to move the swingers over there with this sound, and it's called Tossin' and Turnin'. Go! I couldn't sleep at all last night. sleepless nights. Well, in the months to come, the scene for all swingers is Winnipeg. What with Roy Orbison, the Kingsman, the Los Bravos, and a possible visit by the Monkees to the Gateway of the West. So stay posted to the Wednesday night edition of The Swingers, and we'll let you know when it's happening. And if you're in our area, you're sure going to have plenty to do. This is The Swingers, CBC Radio's nightly contribution of music in June with the Times with Teddy and the Thunderbirds. Our guest tonight, Del Wagner, the Guess Who, and I'm Dave Brody. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my. Well, a new form of music crept into the contemporary sound, the latter part of 1966, called Jug Band. The form itself has been around for a long time, but not in the popular vein. Love and Spoonful are the ones responsible for bringing Jug Band to the fore when they wrote and recorded a tune called Daydream. Well, let's wake up the Guess Who. (laughs) 
about my bundle of joy And even if time ain't really on my side It's one of those days for taking a walk outside I'm blowing the day to take a walk in the sun And fall on my face in somebody's new mode line I've been lost in a daydream Been dreaming since I woke up today Guess who take time out to write original material? Well, you know, many times it's been said that rock and roll is a dressed-up version of Western music. Well, you'll get a lot of argument over this statement, but nonetheless, it could be. Lennon and McCartney of the Beatles wrote a tune a while back that drummer Ringo Starr sang. To prove that rock and Western can be close, the Guess Who have also included part of a Buck Owens tune in this medley. Here are the Guess Who to do the Beatles' Act Naturally and Buck Owens' Love's Gonna Live Here. (laughs) 